Hi there, Monica White, licensed mental health counselor here. Today's episode is called One, Two, Three Steps to Healing for Trauma Recovery. So as you may know by now, my niche is helping students and professionals organize, process, and clarify their life experiences so that they can start living their best life in relationships and in their career. However, my actual specialty and area of expertise is trauma recovery. So I worked for several years as a quote-unquote trauma-informed clinician and as a domestic violence counselor. So I helped hundreds of clients deal with and process and manage trauma issues. So trauma is definitely my baby and I absolutely love this topic because it is such a very big, broad subject. There are so many books and so much wonderful research and it has a really fascinating history. Um, so it's a very big, broad subject, right? But I'm going to try to keep this very simple for the purposes of just understanding how to heal from trauma. So in this episode, number one, I'm going to explain why it's so important to find a trauma-informed clinician. Number two, I'm going to explain my three steps to healing for trauma recovery based on Judith Herman's masterpiece book, Trauma and Recovery, and see how you can use trauma to make meaning and come out better and stronger. So this is post-traumatic growth and flourishing. So I know and I believe that all of us can come out stronger, wiser, and more amazing and appreciative of the complexity of life if we're able to get to post-traumatic growth and flourishing. I think it's totally possible for all of us. So let's get started. Let's talk about traumatic growth and flourishing. So as always, this episode is not a substitute for actual in-person support. However, I do personally believe that part of getting through our 20s and into our early 30s successfully is resolving, clarifying, and organizing our traumatic experiences. So the reality is that most people will have had some anxiety and trauma built up inside of them, whether it's childhood, teenage, or adult experiences. Um, the Adverse Childhood Experiences Survey it was one of the largest surveys done in this country by the CDC. Um, this survey showed us statistically that even college-educated professionals, a, a, a large majority of them were affected by trauma. So the point of this um, episode is to normalize and validate trauma as something that is pretty normal. Um, so the reality is that most of us will have had some sort of experience in us. And the, the, the best way to get through it is to find support and to, you know, talk about it and make sense of our experiences. And when I say talk about it, I'm saying with a, a professional. So we don't have to tell our stories to anybody, but it is good to find a trauma-informed clinician that you respect and that you feel comfortable with because we make sense of the world around us by sharing a reality with somebody who believes us and who can normalize our experience. 
So I wrote today's episode because as a licensed clinical counselor, I have helped hundreds of clients with trauma therapy in individual and group settings. And the fascinating thing about group is that people, you know, can be in a group and they could be going through the same thing. And just by a, by being able to validate each other's experience, people start to heal. So this is why I love trauma and I feel like it's such um, a very, um, I feel that it's such a rewarding field because you do see people get better. And not only do you see people get better, you see them grow, flourish, and contribute back to the world in such a meaningful way. So I always love helping regular people who have experienced things outside of themselves find their way back to others and find their way of making um, making sense of the world and contributing to the world around them. So first off, I'm going to explain why it's so important to get a trauma-informed clinician. I think you're starting to see um, why it's so important, but my definition of trauma is this. Trauma is, in my book, a normal response to an abnormal situation. An abnormal situation is a situation outside of your control. So it's something that you did not cause, and because you did not cause it, there's not really any way, there's not any way that you can cope by yourself because it's not your fault. You're not responsible for the situation outside of yourselves. Um, it's not your responsibility to fix the situation. So what I usually have seen is that normal, regular people um, who don't have other issues come into an abnormal situation. It could be, you know, they're a victim of violence. They could be in an unhealthy relationship. They could have had things happen to them in their childhood or adolescence. And so you wouldn't expect this person to be able to know how to understand, you know, how to cope by themselves. So as I've seen in my clinical experience, trauma happens to regular everyday people. Um, They weren't, they did not do anything to make this happen to them. It just so happens that statistically it will happen to people. So as I've seen, you know, trauma happens to people who have experienced a negative event in childhood. So, you know, we would not expect children to cope or something, they experience something in adolescence. And again, we don't expect teenagers to be able to cope by themselves or three, it happened in their adulthood. And so honestly, most adults really don't get the right support until their 30s. So they may still have all these issues from childhood and adolescence. And, you know, it's hard to cope, to organize and to process something as big as trauma or negative experiences outside of themselves. So in general, I just never expected people to know how to cope. I mean, if the, to be honest, if you see researchers and psychiatrists and, you know, PhDs and psychologists studying trauma for the last 150 years, you would not expect just a regular person to know what it is. In fact, we did not even have the word for trauma until I believe it was the 80s and finally the late 80s that we really understood that, wow, this is a common phenomenon. So that's why I 
you know, let people know who have had trauma symptoms that there's just no way they can deal with this on their own. It sounds like common sense, right? But the reality is, is it's not common sense. So what usually happens if you become traumatized is that the people around you say, what's wrong with you? Like, just get over it, just move on. This is why it's so important to find a trauma-informed clinician or an advocate or someone that is, um, you know, intelligent enough to respond in a helpful way. So a trauma-informed person support system is not gonna say, what's wrong with you? A trauma-informed clinician is gonna say, I believe you and you how you are feeling is a normal response to an abnormal situation and number three this is how i can help you get through this so you want to find a support system or a clinician or an advocate or just a friend or a family member that will normalize and validate your experience so when healing from trauma most clients experience the universal symptom of this loneliness like uncomfortable loneliness and that's because the world around them doesn't want to talk about it. They don't want to know. And they're saying, what's wrong with you? Like, just get over it. And that's not realistic um, because recovery and healing is a process. And it requires us to learn a lot of skills. Um, as I'm saying, I spent five to eight years learning about this from, you know, some of the world's best experts. I had all the books, I studied it, and I saw thousands of, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of cases of trauma. So that's why you really can't do it alone. And so most people, because they are doing it alone, they compartmentalize it and they cope with it internally. So they try to live regular, regular life in the meantime, and then they only get help when they find it intolerable, you know, to manage the experience alone. So I'm here to say, let's make a shortcut path here. And number one, my advice is find a trauma-informed clinician and somebody who will normalize and validate your experience because I don't want any of my clients or anyone that I know to suffer longer than you need to. There is a shortcut way, there is a path to healing. So speaking about the path to healing, I came across an article in the New York Times, it's from 2012, and the title is Understanding the Effects of Social Environment on Trauma. And this article was so mind-blowing, and it just reaffirmed everything trauma-informed clinicians know. In short, the article from the New York Times discussed how they studied children who had grown up in war, a war-torn country, and there were two groups of children. In the first group of children, they came from the war and they sent them to a community where the community did not validate their experience. So the community didn't talk about it, the community didn't acknowledge it, they didn't help that those children understand. And what happened is the children went on to not heal, to develop you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, to learn, they didn't learn how to cope and adapt in a healthy way. They weren't able to access their feelings and they weren't able to process the memories. And in turn, they weren't able to connect with other people. So they did develop post-traumatic stress disorder. And, you know, as we know, that leads to other negative experiences in adulthood. It, it causes problems in socializing and in relationships. And you just don't really have the ability 
to interact with other people in a healthy way because you're still you know, not able to process the traumatic experiences of your childhood, right? So in the other group, the children came from the same war-torn area and they were sent into a community that said, hey, how was this? Like, we validate your experience. We believe you. Like, let's, let's make meaning out of this. Let's talk. Let's share our experiences and let's learn how to connect even though you have these traumatic memories. So in a nutshell, the children both came from a war-torn region and one was sent to a community that avoided, minimized, denied, and did not give them the coping skills to heal. And the other group of children went to a community that helped them make sense and make meaning and validate it and normalize their experience. So obviously, you know which group of children did better. It's the ones that were able to process and make sense and share their experience and say, hey, you know what? I'm a change maker in this relationship. Like I have a choice on how I'm going to, you know, control my future and who I'm going to share my story with and how I'm going to connect and to give back to the world, even though I experienced this really, really, really difficult circumstance in my childhood. That is another reason why it's so important to get to a trauma-informed clinician and to, you know, organize, process, and make sense of your experience um, in the right setting. As I said, you don't share your story with people that aren't going to be helpful. You share in the right setting with people who are going to validate your experience. And that is the shortcut way to grow through your, you know, your negative, your adverse childhood, adolescent, and early adulthood experiences. Okay, so let's move on a little bit here. So I don't do as much trauma work anymore because the reality is, is that everyone is on their own journey and timeline. So some people get better really quickly, you know, it just takes them a few months to a year or two years. Some people take a lot longer and some people, you know, it take it could take them years if not decades to heal. And I don't hope that for people because I do think that healing is possible for everyone. However, it's hard for me to be alongside clients for years, right? As they learn how to heal themselves. And so there's not one right way to heal. And that's why I don't really niche in trauma anymore because it's just, it takes a long time and it's really hard work on my end to be present with people through that. So you do hear of caregiver and trauma fatigue and and caregiver burnout. So for sure, therapists um, can develop this fatigue and burnout. But because I do specialize in it, I wanted to make this episode. So feel free to message me if you finish this episode and and you have questions or would like, you know, my assistance. I'm definitely always around to help, you know, problem solve any issues that you feel you would need help with. So now let's get into the one, two, three of healing. So having worked with hundreds of clients, as I've said, I had to find a way to simplify and make sense of trauma recovery. So basically, you know, you're trying to help as many people as possible 
grow and to move forward in their life and to live their best life possible. So, uh, of course, I go to the world's expert, and that is Dr. Judith Herman. She's a psychiatrist, a medical doctor, and professor at Harvard University. Judith Herman is the renowned world's expert. She's a visionary and a pioneer. She worked with thousands of people who experienced, you know, adverse childhood experiences. She's basically the Freud of trauma, and she's definitely my personal hero. So I read Dr. Judith Herman's book, Trauma and Recovery, and she's so brilliant. So of course it's um, the book of all things trauma, and it's really hefty and, you know, it's difficult to get through because it's like everything that you could possibly need to know about complex trauma. So I had to create a solutions-focused approach and simplify it. So let's get into my three-stage sequence of trauma treatment and recovery based on Dr. Judith Herman's book, Trauma and Recovery. So number one, in let's say somebody comes in with symptoms of trauma. So they lived with a partner and it was an experience outside of their control and they didn't know how to alert other people to help them. If a client comes in to work with me, we would work on an emotional safety plan. So I would normalize and validate their experience we would come up with an emotional safety plan and we would normalize the symptoms. We would say, hey, you know what? The symptoms that you're experiencing, maybe it's difficulty concentrating or not being able to sleep or having nightmares or you know, intense anxiety. We would learn these symptoms and we would just normalize it. We would also look for any obstacles that might get in the way, such as, you know, negative people or not helpful positive social supports. So the first step in recovery process would be to come up with an emotional safety plan. And that usually means finding positive social supports, getting yourself to a support group, going to see um, a trauma-informed therapist regularly, and reading everything you can and being around positive people. That can also mean doing a lot of self-care and focusing on your physical um, recovery. That could mean, you know, taking walks, listening to positive things, being kind to yourself, taking things slow, and just moving things around that are not helpful. So that is the first step in recovery. And for a lot of people, that can take several years. Some people need a few years to just focus on themselves and do a lot of self-nurturing and compassion and focusing on themselves. You don't want to judge yourself. Everyone is different. And what works for you is what works for you. So the important thing is just to focus on yourself and and to recognize that how you're feeling is normal, is a normal reaction to a situation outside of yourself. And as I know, the world is very complicated. There's a lot of scary and negative things that can happen to someone. So if you do have trauma, I would say there is, there's a lot of great things in the world, but you just want to find your little emotional bubble and work on yourself and create your own safety plan. Each person is unique, so each person would have their own version of what feels good for them emotionally. And when I say emotionally, I also mean physically. So that is a whole safety plan is just a lot of um, work in itself. That's why you need to work with a professional. 
So the second stage would be to organize, process, and clarify. So there's different opinions on this. Along with Dr. Herman, I also love Babette Rothschild. And Babette says that you don't have to organize and process adverse experiences from the past. She said the only work of trauma recovery is to improve your daily functioning. So that is Babette Rothschild, and I also teach her, and I I revere her also as well. So Babette would say, you don't really have to organize those issues. However, I think that it's okay. I think that, you know, it's important to go to therapy and to work on restoring trust, safety, intimacy, and just belief in yourself. So you don't have to do a lot of it, but most people come in and they do say, hey, I don't, I don't know how to trust people. I don't feel like I can trust, you know, myself. I don't feel safe with other people and I'm having difficulties with intimacy. Like I don't know how to connect with others and I don't know how to get myself to be assertive and to have boundaries. So I think it's totally fine to work on these issues in therapy. And I I always say to people, working on these things in counseling with a trauma-informed clinician, it's generally not going to set you back. And in, in fact, organizing and clarifying can really help. But as I said, it's a personal choice and Babette Rothschild, you know, she's another expert in the field of trauma recovery and she actually is a survivor herself. So she would say that, you know, only do the second step if you want to and you don't have to. And a lot of people certainly don't. A lot of people certainly go on and, you know, make their own meaning and they don't really go backwards and organize those things. Like I said, we, I don't really go backwards into memories, but we do talk about trust and safety, um, intimacy, and how you feel control in the world. Personally, I never, we, I don't really go back into memories or anything like that, um, but we do talk about, you know, how our experiences do shape our ability to trust other people and to have a rich, intimate, thriving personal life. So the last stage that I would use is integration. And this is what, you know, everyone calls post-traumatic growth. And I just heard the word flourishing. So I love this word. I actually heard it from a coach. And so there's post-traumatic flourishing. Judith Herman always talked about integration. And so integration was the stage where you come out of some sort of negative event and you make meaning out of it. You give back to the world and you're able to connect and you're able to say, hey, you know, I'm stopping the cycle. I'm choosing how I want to live my life and whatever was handed to me, I'm not choosing that anymore. So integration is acting and thinking and feeling from this core belief that you have freedom and you have choice and you're able to enjoy and share the best version of yourself in your relationships, in your career, no matter what, you know, you've been through. And so I always try to um, help clients make sense of the experience and to integrate it into their lives. So this requires having self-awareness and finding other people along the way that are also working on themselves. And so the end result is that you're able to give back to the world in the way that you want. 
Now, again, I always stress this. I don't think that you need to tell your story to anyone. I mean, in fact, you know, with the hundreds of people that I've worked with, I'm pretty sure most of them just went on to, you know, live lives, you know, focus on their family and focusing on themselves. So it's not really, when I say connecting with others, I mean, just being able to understand and have compassion for yourself and others, you're able to see like, wow, it's all around me. And what part do I want to play? So it's definitely post-traumatic growth is an empowering position. It's saying, you know, we can be the change. We can choose how we want to show up and how we want to treat people and how we want to be there for people in the world. So I really think people that have gone through trauma end up being some of the most strong, wise, and powerful people. You know, if you really get through it and you start working on becoming, living your best life. So, you know, the thriving and abundance part of all of this. So I'm going to wrap this up. As I mentioned, this field is huge. Um, In fact, medical doctors started learning about trauma way back in the 1800s when they saw people that had been in accidents experience post-traumatic stress. And then, you know, it moved on even up into the 70s with the veterans of war and the domestic violence and feminist movements. They started saying, hey, we're seeing traumatic experiences with all of these people. You know, what is this phenomenon called? You know, there's a reason for it. And so that's why I really love the field of trauma. There is an actual science. There's a sociological history There is a psychology behind the recovery process, and there's a lot of books, there's a lot of experts, and there's so much research. So one thing to know is that you don't want to do it alone because, as I mentioned, even clinicians, we spend years studying the cause and effect of trauma and how these relationships affect our sense of self and how they affect society. And so there's so many theories, um, and I'll just put a a plug here for someone that I really respect um, on Instagram. You can find her at Dr. Dr. Valerie Rien. So Dr. Valerie Rien, R-E-I-N, and she has a podcast called Her Success Radio, and her field of expertise is patriarchy stress disorder. So she's someone that's very modern and current, and that is you know, has just written a book and does a lot of speaking out there. So she has a very interesting take on trauma and how it affects men and women equally and, you know, our role and how we can, you know, work through it and what we can do about it. So there's so many experts. There's so many wonderful people in this field. I just love this field. And I do think that once you start seeing how trauma affects, you know, most of us, if not a majority of us, um, you start really having a lot of compassion and understanding for the way things are and, you know, the way people experience life. Um, So it's a great field. And as I mentioned, this episode was simply to keep it as simple as possible, even though it's not simple. And even though it's really a complex subject to understand, I try to keep it as simple as possible. And those are my three steps to healing. In summary, so I explained why it's important to get to a trauma-informed clinician, 
I discussed my three steps to trauma recovery, which are emotional safety, organizing, processing, and clarifying, you know, psychology concepts like trust, safety, and intimacy, and self-efficacy. And then the last stage, which is integration. So that's the post-traumatic growth and flourishing and thriving. Um, so I think that's possible for everyone. And then lastly, um, I explained a little bit about post-traumatic flourishing and how you can come out of negative adverse experiences in just a wiser, stronger, and way more intelligent way. So that's it. I hope you found this episode helpful. Those are the one, two, three steps, stages of trauma recovery and healing. If you have any questions or comments, as I mentioned, feel free to find me on Instagram at wellbe2go. Feel free to email me on my website at www.wellbe2go.com. And just let me know if you have any feedback for me. Remember, you've got this. Keep up the good work. Have a good week. Have a good weekend. And I will see you next episode. Take care, friends.